but it was it wasn't until I went to get my loan for my house that I'm living in now, and actually meeting um, Kimberly and also Linda Group as well, which prompted me into realizing how much I could actually achieve going forward with what I've already done. So from there, that's where the doors actually started to open, which was probably only about three years ago. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Sham and in this episode, we're speaking with Josh Rockingham, an electrician with a spark for property investment. He shares how although his property journey is barely old enough to be in kindergarten, just a few steps have catapulted him to create over $1.7 million of equity and become worth more than he could have ever imagined. Rockingham grew up in England until the age of six when his parents moved the family to Penrith in Western Sydney. Today, he's an electrician by day and a property investor at other times. I started getting into property probably 2018 when I decided to go halves in a property of my brother just to spare the, you know, it was a random sort of act, a bit of a, um, yeah, we'll get this one sort of thing. I had a bit of advice from a tradesman that I worked for. who also invests in property. He sort of gave me an outline and said, you know, this is what you should do. If you want to get somewhere, you know, maybe you should look at doing this instead of just blowing your money on silly things. So I took his advice there and um, decided, yeah, we'll go and do this. Um, Actually turned out to be the right right choice because it was a dual key, not just a negatively geared property. It was actually positively geared from the get-go, which was a good decision that I had no idea that I made. Until I've started talking to, you know, Kimberly or like-minded people and friends like that, so that's actually a good idea what you've done. So that's sort of where it started. And then from there, it's sort of become, I'd say, a hobby or an addiction. I'd say more an addiction. Most of his time is spent being an electrician, husband and father, but he still manages to find time for property. I usually have like spares, like spare the moments where I'll, you know, attack it for a few months and then let it sit for a bit and then come back out of nowhere and do the same. So it's, I wouldn't say I'm continuously day to day thinking about that, um, but I'm always working towards something. There's always an end goal. Um, but yeah, it's usually a lot of work, hard work. It's day to day in a nutshell, really, that is what it is. I can totally understand. I mean, like, I guess in, in electrician's job, it's, it's never ending and you guys got so much work on it. Yeah, well, yeah, COVID was a bit of a, you know, um, roller coaster, um, and believe it or not, it's actually gotten a lot busier since COVID, which is surprising. You know, besides the lockdown that we had, um, yeah, it's actually gotten a lot busier. So just take it as it comes and and, and work as hard as we can. That's pretty much what what I do. Um, and obviously, can't really have much fun at the moment, but yeah, a lot of working. He grew up in Surrey in South London before making the trip down under at the turn of the millennium. His parents decided to come here in search of opportunity and sunshine. It's not as good as here. There's a lot more opportunity here, especially for working, especially running your own business or if you've got the drive over here, there's a lot more opportunity to create something of it. Whereas over there, there's a lot of, um, you know, barriers, I'd say. 
that that's what I, I heard as well too. That that's really interesting. And what's your parents' background? What did they do? Um, so my mum was a nurse, um, and my dad worked um, in a similar industry to me, like fiber optics, you know, um, communications sort of side of things. Um, so he still does that. Him and my brother do the exact same thing. Um, and I sort of veered off and done electrical as my own pathway um, to what I wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, they decided that, you know, they wanted to give us a bit of opportunity. So thanks to them that they brought us out here because it's actually created a lot of opportunity for us. And, yeah, we take that, take that on and get it going. <laughs> Although he was very young, there's certainly one thing about his arrival in Australia he'll never forget. I remember it was very hot. That was the first impression. But um, not so much. It's more so, you know, the normal grow up as a child sort of thing, you know, uh, go to school and play sport. Pretty much that was the scenario until you hit around, you know, 15, 16, and then you start still playing sport, going to school, think about working, what are you going to do as you when you grow up and all the other stresses that come along with that. Um, I think I started thinking pretty early what I wanted to do and um, electrical was in there probably third, third, third of the way down. The first one was a forensic scientist, but I never got around to doing that. <laughs> and, then I, and then there was an architect, didn't get around to doing that. And then I settled for electrical. <laughs> but I'm glad I did. If you could go back time, would you actually still pursue that at the moment, either forensic science or architecture? I probably actually would still pursue electrical now that I've done it, to be honest. Um, working for somebody maybe isn't as rewarding definitely working for yourself if you know how to structure your business is definitely a good way to get an income always running a business is always very very profitable and also to i guess uh, working for yourself you know have that flexibility as well too but there are also you know the risks versus rewards as well because you know you're going to have to take on all the risks as well as long as you keep the rewards outweighing the risks then um so far, so good. It's it's worked out well. I enjoy it. I love it. You got to love what you do every day. If you can't wake up and enjoy it, then I guess find something else to do. You know, that's the way I see it. You got to enjoy it. So I enjoy it. Let's keep going. That's what I like to do. So yeah, it's good. Good stuff. You mentioned you like sports as well too, or you're involved in sports. What did you do at, at school? What kind of sports? Yes, I played soccer for 15, 16 years. So always love playing soccer. Always. If it's not soccer, there's always something else that we, you know, cricket or anything when we were growing up, we played anything. Anything that was on the cards on that day would, would play. <laughs> but definitely soccer was a reoccurring one. We, play, we played pretty high level. Um, nowhere near something that would get me a career and it was more so just for leisure, I'd say, and passion. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely didn't ever think I'd get a career out of it. I wasn't that good. He attended a high school that used a trade school system, allowing him to kill two birds with one stone. So instead of going to year 12 like normal and getting your HSC and then deciding, okay, I want to do a trade or I want to continue to university or, you know, anything along TAFE maybe. Um, I actually got the luxury to do my first year of electrical and my HSC in year 11 and 12 at the same time. 
So it actually was sort of a decision that I thought I, I wanted to do a trade. I picked electrical, started doing that. That's how I got the taste of it. And um, it was just convenient that I'd get time off school as well to do it <laughs> and still get a HSC. So it worked. It, maybe I was doing it to bludge more. I don't know, but it worked out. I liked it in the end. So um, no, nah, it, was, it was a good thing. It's for people that aren't hell bent on going to university and wanting to definitely go to university and that's it, then it's, it's a good um, other avenue to go down for people that are sort of on the fence. He remembers what his dad told him when he decided to follow his footsteps as an electrician. I've done it. I've worked hard. My, man, my body's torn apart from being a tradesman. Go and do something else. I was like, oh, I don't really want it. I, I, I enjoy being hands-on. Obviously, having your own business, there's a lot of paperwork as well still that I've got to do, but that's just my time to relax now, really. You know, it's my free time where I get to actually sit down and have a break. But... Um, I enjoy being hands-on. I don't think I could not be. After year 11 and 12, which was also the first year of the apprenticeship and um, doing the HSC as well, um, funny enough, I actually went and done a metal fabrication for a year as a change of scenery for um, just something else to do because I don't know, I had a change of heart or I was, I can't remember what I was thinking back then. It was quite a while ago, but I've done that for a year and realized, no, I really wanted to do electrical. Went back to electrical after that year, um, finished my apprenticeship. And then as soon as I got my license to be a tradesman, I started my own business straight away. And I would have been 20, 21. You really, you know, jumped in <laughs> into, into the deep end without even consideration, did you? <laughs> and then from there, it's just been like a blink of an eye and now I'm here. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It goes quickly. I can understand. Yeah, yeah, you would have picked up a lot of things very, very quickly because running your own business is not an easy thing to do. You know, you, there's so much that's involved. But I guess once you start getting jobs, it just gets busier and busier, doesn't it? Instead of learning how to run the business and then starting it, I started the business and then learned to run it while doing it, if that makes sense. So if you have a bit of confidence about yourself, then like really you can learn anything and pick up anything. If you pick up things quickly, you'll pick it up. It's instead of being, I guess the biggest thing is fear. Don't be fearful and just go for it. That's pretty much what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> Coming up after the break, we get into the guts of Rockingham's property journey. And he always used to drum it into me and I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll look at doing it, um, which is where I purchased my first property. The life change that made him reassess his living situation. Well, it's funny because we're that was still living at home with my parents then, so we thought, well, why would we move out? <laughs> he shares the advantages of going all in, even when it's out of your area. I actually decided to go all in, and I actually put down for two blocks of land in there, which I wish I kept one of them. Well, I didn't. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, let's be real. Deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. 
This developer had the project fully funded beforehand, but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So, I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall, allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with lower risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Rockingham dives into his property journey tale which came along unexpectedly for him and for his brother. The, so the company that I worked for that I got my, um, you know, served my apprenticeship at and um, ended up finishing my time with um, him as well, we, he was my boss, um, he invested in property. Not exactly the way that I do now but he always had a passion to invest and always told me, look, don't, don't waste your money, you should put it towards this. If you want to set yourself up for the future, then buy property. And he always used to drum it into me and I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll look at doing it. Um, which is where I purchased my first property. And um, at, the, at the time, I didn't have the lending capacity just to do it by myself. So I dragged my brother into it and I said, look, you're going to buy half. He's like, he was only 17 at the time. And he said, no, why would I do that? I go, just trust me, we'll just do it. So I ended up conning him into doing it and we went halves in a property. And um, from there, I sort of sat on that one for a bit and kept working on my business and working away. And um, it didn't really all, yeah, click together. Even then, it didn't really click. Oh, investing is what I want to do. I just knew that it's something I should do. That's what I thought. Um, as opposed to now where it's, you know, more so a lifestyle choice as well. Um, but it was, wasn't until I went to get my loan for my house that I'm living in now and actually meeting um, Kimberly and also Linda Group as well, which prompted me into realizing how much I could actually achieve going forward with what I've already done. So from there, that's where the doors actually started to open, which was probably only about three years ago. He didn't think much of his first property at the time but now realizes the impact it had on him. So I actually went into that with my with my brother as I said but um, my parents actually guaranteed it. So they've they've never had real an interest in, in, in investing property. They spent all their money that they had coming to Australia and they purchased their house that they live in now and they're still living in it. And um, I hit him up with the great idea of hey, can you guarantor a property for me and at first they looked at me sort of said no why would we do that <laughs> what if you don't pay, pay me back i said just trust me and just let me do it and yeah so luckily that they did so they guaranteed it so i actually never ended paying ended up paying any money towards that house at all borrowing capacity and liability was split up between my brother and i but we actually used my parents guarantor to actually pay for the deposit and the stamp duty and the renovation that we've done when we bought it. So <laughs> it worked out all right for us. And they're obviously no longer on that property anymore as a guarantor. Um, so it worked out fine for them as well. But yeah, that's how it started. And then from there, the equity from that helped me with my next one. Um, and they've sort of went from there, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
His first property wasn't much to look at the time, but it had its advantages. There was a house and granny flat, um, which needed a bit of work done to it. Um, but I always got told to always buy something with a dual income on the one property to try and get maximum return. So I, there wasn't many available around my area, um, Penrith and Emu Plains sort of area in Western Sydney, um, where we are. And uh, we found that one and um, got that for 670 in 2017. 2017, yeah, yeah 2017 <laughs> that was. Um, done probably put 20 grand into it, not even, because we obviously, I'm in the trade and I, all mates are tradies and that's, I guess, the benefit of being a tradie is you get stuff you get you get help and you help them and everyone helps each other and yeah so we renovated it and yeah it's a get a dual key it's a still a dual key obviously a granny flat in the house and there's good return 780 a week we get for that one and still get 780 a week for that its uplift is two hundred thirty thousand dollars with its most recent valuation coming in at a plentiful nine hundred thousand how it came around was probably just right place right time in terms of speaking to agents, I'd say. Um, it did look a bit run down from the outside. I guess maybe a lot of people didn't want to touch it um, or didn't want to put the work in to fix it up. Whereas I looked at it as an opportunity because I can do that stuff and get people to help me. Um, I just looked at it as a little challenge and said, oh, this is perfect really. So, And it was dual key. It was all council approved. And that's sort of, I guess, maybe it scared people off the original look of it and how much work potentially could have been involved in it if you didn't have any sort of hands-on skills. So that's probably that was probably the main factor, I'd say. It's interesting. So I'm assuming you went into that particular property with your brother as an investment. Did you ever consider buying your own home as well, especially that's your first property? Well, it's funny because we're that was still living at home with my parents then, so. We were thought, well, why would we move out? <laughs> we'll just do investments, you know. <laughs> but um, so that's so that's why I sat on that one for a while. Like me and my brother, always, we just said, oh, we'll get one and we'll try and set ourselves up by getting a few investments and we'll just um, bludge off mum and dad while we're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's sort of what happened. It wasn't, it wasn't until I... Um, you know, um, ended up getting in a serious relationship and I'm like, well, I can't really stay at home any longer um, having a serious relationship. And then that's when we bought the our principal home and, yeah, then it sort of started to actually, then I started to actually look at it as a op- bigger opportunity in terms of investing and it was started to become more of a exciting hobby to me and more of a saying I'd like to study and learn about more and that's where it really started to kick off, I'd say. I was dealing just with banks at originally, um, CBA actually to be exact, um, and I got my uh, principal home. Luckily, I got it because I only just recently started a business maybe 18 months beforehand. So it was a lot of back and forth trying to get a loan. Um, my parents actually guaranteed that one as well. To, that was the only way I could get over the line because I was classed as a liability being a business owner high risk yeah. high risk yeah um and then i met kimberly after doing some electrical work here um because i 
and then from there, I realized, you know, why I'd use a broker um, because I was getting dramas to get any more money after the owner-occupied house. It was a struggle for them to even look at me. I was um, too high risk because I owned a business and they reckon I was maxed out, everything like that. So if it was up to them, I'd still only have the original first one I bought and the owner-occ and I wouldn't have any more. Um, but Kimberly looked at it differently and found ways to get me over the line with various different loans and, yeah, very glad that I found a broker. He met Kimberly while he was doing electrical work for her but he's no stranger to the rest of her family either. I'm actually friends with um, Kimberly's daughter, um, you know, so we know each other. That's how I got on, that's how they got on to ask me to do the work and I came and done my electrical work and then from there I spoke to Jason um, and that's when I started to get it more intrigued as to where I could actually go and what I could achieve with property. What did Jason say to you that uh, made it interesting? It just spoke about, you know, their investment, investments, sorry, that they have done and, you know, what's coming out around the area and new estates and growth areas and how amazing places are and, you know, uh, opportunities around North Richmond, Newcastle, all areas like that um, and uplifts and sort of, you know, looking at how much you could get in and what you'd get out sort of thing. And I was like, oh, it's crazy really. And then I was like, okay, I might start getting back in because I sort of had, you know, maybe a year and a half of just working and worrying about my loan for my own Ock house and all that sort of stuff. Didn't really think that I could get any more money. I thought I was maxed out because the banks didn't want to look at me. And then, um, so then I started, maybe I can actually continue going further with investing. So that, so I had the Emu Plains one with, which is obviously halves with my brother. We sat on that, that just stays there. That's positively geared. It doesn't cost me anything. We just leave it there. That's just, I forgot about that one for a while. Um, just let it work. Um, then the house that I live in, my priority with working was to pay that off as fast as possible. Um, so from there, when we met, um, I had a look at opportunities on where I could go. Um, and then that's when I got put on to Kimberley um, and they had a look at different opportunities. So Kimberley does all the finance for me and, and family loans, but Jason, uh, from Linda Group actually finds opportunities to get you in the door or investment opportunities as well. So without that guidance, I probably wouldn't have known exactly what areas were a safe bet to go to. Um, you know, I would have probably stayed local to where I live instead of thinking of going to Newcastle or to Queensland or um, Hunter region or, you know, anything like that. So. Yeah, that's pretty much the intri being intrigued started there. Um, and then from that is where we started to talk more on it. And then that's where the first property in this cycle of new ambition started, which was one actually in uh, North Richmond. So that was the first one. This particular property was part of a new estate in its very early stages. I actually decided to go all in and I actually put down for two blocks of land in there, which I wish I kept one of them, but I didn't. Um, and yeah, I 
got into that one. Um, so I think for the house and land was eight sixty, roughly from memory. So what I actually done was drawn the equity from my own Ock house, um, which paid for the deposit for that because I'd paid down quite a lot on my own Ock house, um, which was my priority is just to pay down my principal home as much as I can. Uh, that's always been the goal due to obviously the fact that you can't get any kickbacks or tax benefits from paying the mortgage on your own house, um, whereas you can for investments. So it's best to eliminate the loan on your principal home and keep the loans on your investments. So by paying that down, actually, without me knowing at this first, created a lot of power in equity and purchasing power through that. So that's what got me to get to Red Bank. Josh Rockingham's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. Kimberly Linda also joins us to divulge some of his property quotes. We like, we like living on the edge. But why get it organized six weeks before when you can do it six hours before? Why investing in property is a lot like learning a trade. So it's definitely a guidance and learning curve for me. As, as I say to a lot of my friends who ask me about it, um, it's like learning another trade. The Linda and Rockingham duel came to a realization. You get caught up with it a lot, you know, you, 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 you get one, then you work, then you get another one and you're just compiling it all together. You never really sit down and appreciate actually how successful it's been until someone points it out to you. And that's next time on Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now and I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as 6 months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.